Welcome, welcome. This is Much Love with Kaoki, part of the Much Love family. My name is David, and across from me is the amazing artist, father, and a man that means a lot to me, the wonderful Kaoki. Yeah. In this episode, I want to explore the power of travel in, in shaping our lives, you know, our values, and our personal growth. As always, this is from the heart, and I hope you enjoy. Much love. So how's it going, man? How you doing? Man, life is great. Every day we wake up is a great day, brother. How about you? Yeah, you know what? I got the same perspective. You know, work hard, be with family, try to relax, and just just keep going. Appreciate what what I've got, and hope for the best for the next day. So that that's that. I think I think we share that that perspective on things. Yeah, we do definitely do, brother. So I, I, this one's about travel. And, you know, let's just start kind of what, what, what have you been up to? You know, I, I went to, you know, New York with my wife. We just took a, a, a quick vacation. You know, we, we like food, comedy shows. So we, we ate like pigs. We, we <laughs> ate tons of Italian, tons of bakeries, and we hit up a bunch of comedy shows. So it, it was, it was a good time. It was, it was short. But you know what? You know, you, you got to, like, like I was saying, you got to appreciate what, what you've got and the time that you have because, you know, that, that's, that's what's fleeting in the world. You know, you can have money. You can have personal objects. You can, you can have all of it. But, but time is the most valuable. That, that's what, what our common denominator is across all, all the world. You, you, we've only got time. And right, right. You got to appreciate it. So uh, one thing so you, we can't get back. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that I, I've I've read in different books. You know, they they say that you know the time is the most valuable thing. You know, the the billionaires their their time is as fleeting as ours. You know, they they can't they can't buy more time more than than we can. You know, I I, <laughs> I guess yeah. they can you know get the right medications and things like that to, to keep going. But, you know, it's, it, it expires for all of us and we, we just got to yeah. push on through. So, I mean, that, that's, that's important to me. And, you know, the, the traveling with family is also important. So you, you were, you were telling me that you went to Mississippi. What, what was that like? Yeah, no, Mississippi's great, brother. Um, we go out to visit a, a friend of mine. His name is Matt Stebley. Tattoos over at Twisted Anchor Tattoo out in Ocean Springs. And um, I, I love going out to Mississippi. I have a, an uncle of mine that uh, me and him were stationed in the military together back in the uh, early uh, 2000s. Um, oh, cool. For, yeah, we were stationed out in Texas together. Um, it's my dad's cousin, and then him and my aunt – uh, moved out to uh, Mississippi out there in uh, Biloxi. So they've been there f since, like, I want to say they, they got there, like, 1996 or oh, something wow. like that. So they've been there forever. Um, uh, and I just go, I would always go there periodically to go visit my uncle and my aunt. So, plus there's all those casinos out in Biloxi. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've never been there. And, you know, when I think of Mississippi, I, I, it's it's probably wrong and a misconception. But, you know, I I think of it as a little bit of backwards kind of uh, that's probably not the right thing to say not political oh, no, correct it's, it's it's not as uh how do you say not as industrialized 
Um, that's what we can put it. It's, it's very, not yeah. very, not that much. The, they got the city out there in Biloxi and something, but it's, it's definitely a, a lot of country, a lot of old school. So it's, it's super cool that it's a, you, you won't, you won't be driving into like concrete jungles. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> you know, not like uh, LA or, you know, San Francisco or anything like that. Like it's definitely mother nature still out there. And, and after Katrina, you know, the coast, uh, apparently that my uncle, my aunt and even my friend Matt Stebley tell me a lot about the differences and the changes in the coastline ever since uh, um, Katrina hit. Hurricane Katrina leveled everything that was going on there in the south along the coastline. And it used to be almost as bustling as uh, Las Vegas. And really? um, yeah, they've had a, a rough time. I mean, they, they've come back, they've recovered, but um, it, it's definitely not the same vibe or the same energy I heard from a, a lot of people what, what uh, Biloxi was before Hurricane Katrina. But um, I mean, the, the most important thing, I mean, just we, we travel out there, just family, man, it's family. And even like my tattooing, like I travel to see my friends, you know, they're, 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 they're my extended family to everything. Traveling is everything to me, man. I mean, a place that I'd like to go to is New York, man. Like, I, have you guys been to New York before? Oh yeah. We go there, you know, a lot. We, we love it. I, I, I would absolutely, you know, if, if, <laughs> if there wasn't income tax, if it wasn't, you know, the, the craziness, I, I would love to move there. The weather, the weather was perfect for me. I, I love the cold. So it was, you know, low of 55, high of 70. Uh, it was just, that was, that was perfect. Well, you know, that's a good cold weather. Yeah. Jeans, a t-shirt and a light, light jacket. And you're good. You know, that, that, that's, that's it for me. I, that's why I love San Francisco. I, I love going out there as well. But so, and there are tons of uh, tattoo shops up there. I'm surprised you haven't gone up there to, to do something. Oh, I, I I actually used to live in San Francisco, and I traveled to San Francisco a lot. In fact, San Francisco was the first place that I traveled to outside of Hawaii after I started tattooing. So um, I'm, I've been a big 49er fan ever since I was in high school. So love watching football, you know, whole, uh, Joe Montana, Steve Young, Steve Young arrows when I was in high school. And so San Francisco was always like the golden place for me to go to from Hawaii. So from Hawaii, I was like, man, I'm going to get to San Francisco. Uh, I ended up dancing hula uh, in in Hawaii, and then ended up uh, our troop had an uh, or our halal had an extension in San Francisco in the Fremont area. So um, we went out, and I would dance hula up there in San Francisco, and then started tattooing my hula brothers. Um, we had a competition there. Uh, I was think it was called Ioe um, Kala, which is a hula competition in Pleasanton, out in San Francisco, and uh, I, I couldn't afford to go. But one of my hula brothers was like, hey, man, if I pay for you to come up to dance hula, will you tattoo me? And so I was like, yeah, let's do it. So that started actually my traveling and tattooing because I was just tattooing in the islands, uh, doing my thing, my hometown, kind of just traveling. I would travel around the island to people's places, houses and different shops and places to tattoo. But it was that that moment when my hula brother asked me to come up and, and dance with them. And that was around 2006, 2008, around that time. So that was when I first started traveling uh, for tattooing. And uh, literally, it's never stopped since. I'm about to say. Okay, so sorry. Where were we, brother? I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no. So we'll, we'll jump back in. So, uh, so when you go to a, a, a shop, like when you went to Mississippi, do you have mm -hmm. people lined up 
or do you have people that meet you out there? How, do, how does that work? Oh, usually when we go to travel to uh, other tattoo shops or other places, we'll go and uh, either put out a post or sometimes it's like I have a friend's shop that they invite me to come over or other times I have like a, an influx of like a, a people's a certain amount of people who will want me to come to a location or a city or an area. And then uh, but both times we'll book appointments before we get there. I mean, back in the days when I first started tattooing, um, we would just kind of show up at my friends' places and just kind of take walk-ins. That's you know old school classic stuff. You know, just kind of sit right. there and wait. But uh, now it, it, we we have been blessed with nothing with great clientele, brother. So we travel. I could travel around the world and book tattoos for days. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you if you ever decide to come to Tampa, you, I, I guarantee you that that. You'll have me booked. <laughs> oh yeah, brother. That's. I mean, I can't wait to get down over there. Um, uh, get down south because, uh, like I said, uh, one of the guys I looked up to a lot when I was tattooing uh, when I started coming up was uh, someone Mike or Mike yep. Fatutoa, who happens out to be out there in Tampa Bay. So yeah, uh, I got He's his shop is is I I, I can't, I'm not joking. Is ten minutes away from me. <laughs> so it's what, what, what the, the just the irony of it, but just just all the coincidence, brother. That's awesome. Yeah, and, and it's funny. So I, I, I'll, I'll travel wherever I, you know. I travel to Utah. I travel up to you to uh, Atlanta, and I, I, I've got this guy that's ten minutes away from me, and you know, I, I just I, I haven't been able to see him. But you know what? It, everything happens for a reason, and I, it led me to you, and I, I couldn't be happier with with the work that that you've done. So, you know, it, it you. all works out for a reason. So do you, do you ever have vacations or everything is tattoo shop related? Uh, nine, 90% of it is tattoo shop related. You know, it's one of those things where it's uh, as an entrepreneur, like the only thing I can do is work, right? So like I tell people, you know, uh, if I stop working, then money stops coming in, you know? So right. it's not like I don't have a job where, like I got a friend who just, oh, not, not a friend, my cousin. So my cousin is a uh, a poker dealer down in uh, Biloxi, Mississippi, my uh, okay. uncle and aunt's son. And um, he's he was just a dealer, and then he took a job recently as a pit boss with them at the hotel. And they said he took the job as a pit boss because it pays for vacation. So now, like, if it, it when he goes on vacation, he gets paid his nineteen dollars an hour for his vacation time. You know, where for, for right. me as like a, you know, <laughs> I mean, a lot of jobs don't, you know, pay vacation, but um, I don't, I don't have that. Like for me, even money doesn't come in. Period. If I stop working, so That's as an true. entrepreneur, I gotta do that. Yeah, but um, but in fact, it's so funny that you're saying all this because uh, this next Sunday coming up, not this Sunday, but uh, the not today, but next Sunday, um, me and my son leave to travel to California for vacation. <laughs> oh, very cool. Where are you going? And, uh, we're going to uh, to L.A. to go to uh, um, uh, we're going to go to Disneyland and Universal Studios. Um, oh, my, wow. My son, my ex-wife, my son's mom, uh, her her niece from her brother is graduating high school out in San Diego. And the family is coming from Hawaii to California to go for her graduation ceremonies and stuff like that. So we we just took it as like, oh man, we're going to take that time to travel to California and then, you know, do our little vacation, let him spend time with his mom and their family and stuff like that. And, and I think one of the most important things, like you were saying uh, just now, like if it's uh, vacation time or all work, 99% of what I do is just work. And I need to learn 
work-life balance, right? Yeah. And taking vacations and and uh, uh, things has, has always been very important. And and mind you, I travel a lot. I mean, for tattooing, I've been around the world, whether it, when I was a child, my dad being in the military or me being in the military and then tra- with my tattooing. And um, I, I just, it's, it's, it's important to, I think, change the environment and change where you're at to kind of get growth, you know? Yeah. Uh, how long are you going for? Uh, seven days. I'll be gone seven days. My son will be gone like 20 days. He oh, wants to wow. Go yeah, his mom then we're going to hang up and uh, uh, hang out in L.A. with her brother for a while. And uh, uh, in fact, her brother lives in San Diego. So we're going to go to L.A. for Universal Studios and Disneyland. And then they're going to go down to San Diego to go and hang out with uh, his family. So growing up, did you get to go on vacations as a family or it was just crazy because, you know, the your dad being in the in the military? Yeah, I, I, we did. Uh, I, I wouldn't necessarily call them vacations. They were kind of like my minor getaways you know my mom and dad had six kids so you know anybody who has kids knows just having one's enough you have six of them you just want to <laughs> you know you know to, yeah if no, you wanna, that's that's right, traveling right. with a with a with a, a ridiculous group six kids that's nuts. Yeah, you want you want to test your uh, your mental resolve. Get six kids and just travel around <laughs> the world. You know, <laughs> and if you don't kill your kids doing that, then you're doing good. You know. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and the the cost is probably ridiculous traveling with with that many kids and and knowing you know how you grew up. You know, I I guess that that limits you know the the things that you do. You I mean you probably just travel to see family and and that's that's the vacation. Right, right. And and even when my dad was in the military, like, uh, you know, the military took care of us and it was great. And, and all of the other the downside stuff of my life came when my parents, my dad got out of the military. I mean, a lot of it happened when he was in the military because he was still a, you know, cocaine addict and alcoholic, you know, but uh, the meth didn't come into play until we got to Hawaii. But um, we were traveling around the world. Uh, um, uh, but my mom would do these uh, where my dad would go out to training and we lived in uh, Germany at the time. And um, it was like, uh, yeah, we had all six of us then. My my youngest brother was born in Germany, uh, 1985. And um, so my mom would put all the kids in the car while my dad was training. He's gone for like weeks at a time, sometimes months. And my mom would just throw all the kids in the car and we would drive around Europe. That's all we would do. And I don't remember it a lot because we were really young then. But my mom used to just go and just throw the kids in the car and drive around for two to three days, just go and see places. You know, my mom would tell us stories about where we used to go. And uh, we, we, I don't, I was, I swear I was like, what's, that was 85. I was six years old. So mm-hmm. I, I didn't remember much, but uh, I don't remember us ever taking a vacation as a family. I don't think we ever did in my life. We haven't. Yeah, I, I was I was fortunate. You know, we we had family vacations. You know, over anytime we had school breaks, you know, spring break or Christmas break. You mm-hmm. know, we we would go to different cities, and you know, we would either drive or sometimes fly to see family. You know, I've I have family in New York. That that's where my mom grew up. So we would oh. go visit my grandparents and you know travel there a lot. But my my dad's from Oklahoma. So it, it's kind of crazy the two different worlds that they grew up in, um, and, and we would go see family in Oklahoma. So you know we we, we traveled a lot, and, and I was very like I said very fortunate. You know it was it we grew f- closer as a family. You know having the quality time, and, and you know I, I, 
I I think I remember most of it. You know, when I, when I think back, you know, you know, I, I I think back fondly, even though I'm sure I was a pain in the ass for them growing up <laughs> and traveling. You know, right. but we we did some really cool trips. Like, um, so you know, I, I'm Jewish, so we we traveled to Israel for my sister's bat mitzvah. And so I was 18 and, you know, I, I, I acted crazy. You know, I was, I was chasing chicks and, you know, you could drink over there at 18. So that was, I, I got wasted and, you know, missed a bunch of things, but you know, <laughs> it, it was, it was a, a, an incredible, incredible experience. So, you know, those things I, I, I do remember fondly. Um, but so what? I'll go ahead. No, where in Oklahoma did what was your family? Oklahoma City. Oklahoma's cool. I I went to uh I did my training in good old Lawton, Oklahoma. So, okay, uh, so the Fort sticks. Sill. Yeah, out in Fort Sill, good old good middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, my my dad actually graduated from um Oklahoma University, so he he went uh in Norman, Oklahoma. So Wow, um, super cool. And so my mom so my dad was in uh, medical school out there. And my mom came from New York and lived out there. So she went from, you know, New York City to Norman, Oklahoma. You want to talk about a cultural shock? That, that, <laughs> that's that, that's kind of crazy. Um, but it, so getting to your, your military brat experience, what, what was the, the, the uh, adjustment process, making new friends and, you know, adapting to new environments? You know, like, like as an example, how did you navigate, you know, new schools, neighborhoods, social oh, circles? Man. What was what was that world like? Man, I guess you can you can have to anybody out there who's ever been a military brat. We know I tell people that military brats have a, a superpower. And I think our superpower is the power of adjustment um, <clears throat> because we've had to every three years, two to three years, you're, you're up in a, a different place. You're in a different city. You're in a different world. You're in a different school. You're with different friends. And you had to try to make friends. And the crazy thing is, uh, I mean, there's upsides and downsides to it. Like, like in Hawaii, I have a lot of my cousins who will introduce me to their friends and they've been friends and known each other since they were three years old. You know what I mean? And they're like, you know, we went through life together, everything together. You know, this is my best friend, this and that. And I, I don't think I've ever had many friends more than five years. You know what I mean? Kind of yeah, thing because in the military, yeah, you're, you're gone. You're constantly gone. And uh, you, you tend to have the ability to adapt i can adapt to any situation where you take me anywhere and i'll fit in in an instant like literally any country in the world and i'll go there find their ways find the way they talk listen to the way they are their mannerisms and everything and i'll fit in in a heartbeat but i i just i don't have a long-term friendship or somebody that you can have that you've talked to through your life and growing up so so you don't have that so you're definitely more of an independent life you know, that you have to kind of be self-sustaining because, you know, once again, your dad, even your parents, whoever was in the military, they're trying to adjust to a new unit, a new right. group themselves. And, and I mean, a lot of people before, they didn't really, I don't think they really understood it too much, but how much the kids have to go through that. Because, right, because you're in that point where you're still insecure. You, you know, you're young. You know, you, you don't know yourself yet. You don't understand your powers or your abilities yet as a as a kid you're just trying to fit in and then you keep changing the environment it makes it difficult for the kid to fit in you know what i mean 
Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. Was was it was it hard, or did you like learn things from other people in the military, like other families? Did did you kind of learn? I mean, did they come from you know different backgrounds, and you know, did you learn about new kind of perspectives on things from the other families that were with you in the military? Yeah, yeah. I think one of the biggest things is like, you know, it's it, the military, is, it's a community. You know, I tell people it's, it's a life. It's it's literally a world of its own. And being in the military, a child, even a child, <clears throat> excuse me, of military parents, like um, we just kind of dug into each other. And after a while, you we, we understood each other that we were all children that were just, you know, we were just tossed around the world following our parents. And we kind of clung to each other to know that you know we, we're going to make the best of what we have right now because it's going to go I, I, I mean yeah do we have long-term emotional connection problems mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah we do yeah. like trying to you, you have to turn off a certain part of yourself to understand that you cannot get connected too deep because if you connect too deep to somebody, to friends, sometimes, once again, it gets broken, right? So as a child, being in the military, for me, it was like, I, I just, you never dove too deep into a friendship with somebody because you guys probably wouldn't see each other for long anymore. You know what I mean? Just because yeah. of your, your your parents' career. So I, I guess it, it travels all the way into later on in life, you know, with me now, you know, just relationships and, and everything like that, trying to keep a long-term connection has always been the most difficult thing for me because I just never knew how to do that growing up. Right. So were there the other families that you were with in the military? Were they from, from different backgrounds, you know, different socioeconomic kind of things, different religions, different everything? Did you pick up and were you like exposed to different things or were people mostly the same, you know, same people get into the military? No, I think that was like once again the the other side of the the superpower of of uh, military brats is that we were exposed to so many different types of people. You know, we got people from Mexico, people from the Middle East, people from all over the world trying to become U.S. citizens. Majority of them trying to become U.S. citizens, and one way to do it is to join the military. So a oh. lot of these different cultures would come into the military and they would do time in the service. And when they finish their time and certainly like this, say I think it was a one term or something like that, four or five years then they can get their U.S. citizenship because they fought really? for the country. I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah, so, so you could either do it like ways of like naturalized, just coming in and trying to fill out paperwork and all that stuff, or you could just serve in the United States military. And a lot of times that's just, you know, you're giving your life for the country. And then right. I guess in, after, after your term that you choose, and then, because I've had a lot of friends, even when I was in the military, who are from Mexico, and they were like, I want to be a U.S. citizen. The best way to do it was to join the military. And they joined the military, and they served with us, and um, they all got their citizenships while we were in the service. And we had massive parties because that's what they wanted, their <laughs> citizenship. Yeah, so it was awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, that's cool. so so with with the people like like being exposed to that you know you're exposed to different languages um you're exposed to different um different cultures and 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 ways you know the way uh people cook food like sometimes we go over to our friends houses and you know their mom was jewish or their 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 mom was japanese or their dad was you know from africa and you got different foods but these are just the kids in the neighborhood that we all grew up their dad probably is a sergeant works with my dad or something like that we're all in the neighborhood and so we kind of had that that connection so it, it made things really super cool yeah i mean that 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 kind of exposure, you know, you, you, 
it, it has, you know, a, an, an impact on you and kind mm-hmm. of in your formative years, grow, you know, growing up that, that shapes you. So, I mean, being exposed to, to all of those different backgrounds, I mean, that, that kind of, if you will, prepared you for, for your future. I mean, so you, you getting out of the, the, concept of a military brat then then you joined the army what Mm -hmm. was your your travel like in the army i mean so did you travel you know let's just say if you were stationed in germany when when you were out there were you able to to go to the other countries in europe oh yeah you always have leave time you can always go to places you know uh uh what when you're in the military when you're stationed places um uh, unfortunately the only place i went outside of the united states stationed with the military being stationed at it was korea so went out to korea we hung out over there for a while drank way too much soju and just <laughs> we got smashed in places and i was like i think i was like at the time like 22 23 so i was still in that you know i want to see how much my liver can handle kind of stage you know right <laughs> and that tore us up but um uh traveling I've, I've i've we've been everywhere i mean all through the states i've been through many places in the states um uh when i was uh stationed in texas we used to drive up and down the state all the time we used to fly to other places i had friends who were from different states so we'd fly over california or massachusetts or some places just hang out with my friends so you know we 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 ended up building that community but traveling is was a big thing the military took me to places. we deployed to a lot of places (laughs) we went to places all over the world but uh um being stationed and, and going on vacation was another story for me it was different yeah yeah. So when you were in Korea, did you you just like stayed? Did you go to Seoul? I did, we didn't go to Seoul. Um, uh, we we flew into Osan Air Force Base and then we were up at uh, um, Camp Humphreys uh, up north by Camp by, by Mobile, and um, we went to like uh, Tongdushan, Itaewon. We went to other places that were kind of like in that upper area, kind of stuff like that, because we were right along the DMZ. Uh, the demilitarized zone, which separates North oh. and South Korea. So we we're kind of north, more up uh, towards that, and um, we we're hanging out up over there. But um, yeah, no, I I didn't go to Seoul. We, we went to, like I said, Itaewon, Tongshan, a lot of stuff. We do a lot of shopping back then. It was like a lot of electronics were super cheap, so mm-hmm. I'd buy some stuff and then send it home to my mom. And you can get really cool, like custom made blankets and everything like that. It was some really cool stuff. So we we traveled around a lot, but. Um, uh, I, I just mainly hung around the base. We just kind of drank a lot with the soldiers. <laughs> That's what, what I did. What was the, the DMZ like? Did you, you know, ever interact with North Koreans? Uh, no, I didn't, but uh, we were there. We saw it. We, we, we kind of, we patrolled it. So um, I just kind of just, we just kept to ourselves and just hoped that the guy on the other end of the fence wouldn't pull the trigger first. You know what I mean? So That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's cool. You get to see awesome things the culture itself is unbelievable i mean korean culture in hawaii is is a very big part of the hawaiian people in fact um it's so big in hawaii that a lot of people say they want to eat hawaiian barbecue but it's actually korean Korean. food yeah it's all korean with the the um uh meat june which is actually a a dish created in in hawaii um you know with all the kalbi and all the different meat it's all just that and in hawaii our favorite meal in the day is um breakfast where we have um spam eggs and rice that's our favorite breakfast <laughs> but it comes from the the bibimbap 
uh, uh, where they have the egg on top of the rice with the actual meat, whatever meat you have and stuff like that. So it's the Koreans are, are very big in Hawaii. So and then we karaoke our lives away in Hawaii. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, so I, I've, I've, I lived in Europe for a few years and I went to school out there. So I, you know, I, I lived in London and traveled every weekend. You know, flights were, were ridiculous. So you could fly to Germany for like $50 each way. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. Then I, so I was actually in London for 9 11 and got to see the world change from a different perspective. You know, so oh, wow. Was, what was yeah, that like? It, it was nuts. I mean, I, <laughs> so, you know, we, we've kind of talked about, you know, my, my, my struggles with addiction. And so I, I was, I was getting high and with, so talking about being with other cultures, I was, I, I had friends that were South African and I was with South Africans and Argentinians and <laughs> we were all just getting, we were getting really high. It was mid afternoon and we, just happened to catch the first tower fall on te- on television and i was so high that when the second one went down i thought i was just seeing the same thing i thought it was just a replay so and <laughs> the world though over there you know didn't i don't remember it changing much but when i came back to the states the world had changed you know everyone had a flag in their yard it was it was it was crazy. It, it was a, a different world. Like I, I missed that transition. Um, it, it was it was it was really interesting. But you know, wow. so I was I was in Europe and I traveled to you know something like thirteen or fourteen different countries, and you know I I, I went to Amsterdam at least ten times. So that wow. was yeah that but that was you know me going to to get high in Amsterdam. That was unfortunately a lot of my travel was based on on getting high. Um, but I, I got to see. I, I was in Germany. I was in um, uh, Italy, Spain, France. Uh, we went up wow. to Denmark. We, I went to, um, uh, Russia. Um, you know, I, I had friends that were, were from everywhere. So I, I went to this, it's called, um, Richmond American university. So it's, it's an American style university in London, but wow. all the, all the students were from other countries. So I had great friends that were Egyptian and, you know, that was, uh-huh. that was something that was different for me because, you know, I, I, I had a different view of the Middle East, you know, being Jewish, you know, I, I, I was, you know, pro Israel and didn't, didn't think highly. I mean, that was like, uh, unfortunately a preconceived, you know, notion and uh, it changed, you know, I, I wrote papers on, um, Islam. And I, I got to see, you know, my friends pray and I, it was, it was just an incredible experience over there. And, you know, I, I got to see not only the different cultures by traveling, but because this university had all international students, I got to see their world, their perspectives, their, their backgrounds coming through. And you know what, the, it shaped, it shaped me. It, it, 
it really yeah. did change things about me. You know, I, I had this friend that was from Argentina and he, he was a close friend and he couldn't be more different from me. Um, I, I would have to plan out everything and he would plan nothing. It, right. it would literally be by, you know, the seat of his pants. He would just go from float from one thing to another. And it was crazy because it always seemed to work out for him. And hey. it, it, I, I was shocked by it. So I, I had to adapt and, and learn, you know, how, how to, how to relax. And, you know, I did, mm. I, it, it it was it was a profound effect on me, and you know I I I loved him for it, and you know I, I still keep in touch with a lot of people. You know I I had friends that were, um, you know, children of diplomats, um, wow. so you know they they traveled you know to to everywhere. Um, I had friends from Japan, and you know what that's so I like I'm saying I, I traveled you know Europe extensively. But somewhere that I, I'd like to go is Japan. Mm. And, you know, that I, I don't know about Korea or China. You know, those right. are a little scary for me. But but Japan seems you know really cool. You, you've been there, right? Yeah. Um, when I was dancing hula in Hawaii, we would travel to Japan to actually perform. You know, they, they say it's funny. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. The um, the Japanese tend to love the Hawaiian culture more than the Hawaiians do. It's really crazy. Yeah, they they love us so. They would always fly Hawaiians, authentic Hawaiians, to Japan to perform. And and one thing the Japanese just love for some reason they've they've embraced our culture of the islands, especially Hawaii, like wholeheartedly. The Japanese are unbelievable people. They are perfectionists in everything they do mm -hmm. uh, in the, in their culture, and they've come and really put on a. a, a I mean. Man, their hulas are unbelievable. It's super great, super awesome. But I've had the joy of going to Japan several times to perform, uh, dancing hula, and just hanging out, <clears throat> hanging out in different cities and 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 cruising. And Japan's actually probably one of my favorite places. Like I love J Japan. Japan, the culture, the people, the history, the integrity. The, the I mean, everything about the culture is is just is just awesome. Have you picked up? You know, so like I, I learned from this kid from Argentina and, and I learned from from friends from, you know, across the world. Have have your relationships with people from those countries influenced you, you know, changed you, you know, made you like gave you different perspectives on things? Oh, yeah. I think I think that's one of the, the like I said, adding on to the superpower of, of being a, a kid who was uh, in the military uh, as a brat and everything, seeing different cultures and things and just getting outside of your box. Right. You quote unquote city, you know, like they got some people who have one never left the islands in Hawaii to some people who have never left their hometown here in the States, you know, and the exposure to people gives you, I think, uh, different perspectives of life, right? You, you're traveling the world to see the world in a different light. Like you said, experiencing September 11th for you in Europe was a different experience than somebody who was sitting in New York or even in San Francisco at the right. time that the towers fell. You know, you're literally looking through the two into the world through a different lens, a different perspective, right? And only then I think would that help broaden to have a full understanding, right? So you can understand a full picture instead of, you know, taking a magnifying glass and looking at the Mona Lisa in just her eye. You know what I mean? You'll you'll still won't see the beauty of the world if you don't zoom out 
and see the whole picture of Mona Lisa, right? So if right. you're just focusing on her eye, that's just one thing. Sometimes our cultures are just one small picture of the world. And until we see the full world in its beauty, I, I, I really don't think that we can we can have a, a true, I'd say, um, understanding and love for the whole world in itself. Was there any cultural, you know, practice that, you know, challenged you or, you know, expanded your understanding of things? Uh, wow, man, so many different cultures. Like, um, like in Hawaii, Hawaii is a lot of, a lot of Hawaii is Asian based too. So like in Hawaii, we have sayings, like take your shoes off before you go in the house, you know? And that's a Japanese culture that, uh, a, a part of the Japanese culture that we adapted. Like you don't bring dirt into your house and everything like that. So uh, certain okay. stuff like that, that we would go to like our friends' houses in the military and we'd take our shoes off at the door and their parents like, what are you doing? And we're like, we don't, we don't walk in the house without with our shoes on. And they're like, what? You know, and like, or certain things are like how when we go to dinner, like a lot of us, it's more like I said, a lot of Asian influence, so a lot of respect. So we don't eat until everybody gets to the table, uh, or until everything. And then usually it's the host or whoever the head of the table is, whether it's your dad, your mom, whoever. There's a once they break bread, then we break bread. You know, kind of thing. Okay. So it's always been that thing out of more of the respect for everybody around you and kind of things like that. So some houses you'll just go and, you know, kids will just be doing what they want or the parents will let them. And that's, it was just different. Like I said, not that it was right or wrong. It's just different for us. Right. So understanding these differences really helped broaden your, I just knew where to act a particular way to adjust to where we needed to be. Right. Right. Was there, was there anything that you kind of came across where you're like, what the fuck is that? Oh, millions of things, man. Like the the way some people like, you know, yeah, you have friends who are like either like like Buddhist or is Israeli or anything like that where they have different like uh, um, religious or cultural practices, you know, where they do certain things where you have friends who um, they're like, OK, I got to stop. I, like, I got to stop playing because we got to go pray, you know, and you're right. like, wait, what? You know, we're like. Wait, that's it's not Sunday. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> you know, so like for us, we're thinking American like Christians and stuff like that, where it's like, oh, it's on Sunday. You know, where these guys are like, you know, doing their every prayers day. several, yeah, every day and, and at a particular time. You know what I mean? And they, it's a ritual. You know, where they they pull out their uh, little the rugs, their carpets, or whatever they have, and yeah, they, they exactly. do their whole their whole thing. And for us, it was like, mm. and then I had a friend who was. Um, who was Buddhist and he would sit there and be like, like, and they're doing these like mantras. And then I'm looking at my friends, like, mm, I'm just going to hang outside and just, you know, <laughs> and so, but you get exposed to it, you see it. And it's cool because you learned, I think the one, the, the main thing I learned the most was how to respect another culture. Cause we learned that that is the time for them to do what they do. And that right now it's not the time to play. We have to wait for them. And we gave them that respect. You know what I mean? And then so understanding cultural practices and how people are different, how people eat different. Like, oh, at this table, I can talk. At a, a, at a different table, you can't talk. At a, one oh, table, really? you can. Yeah. Oh, there were so many different types of ways that people eat, how they eat. Like, do you grab your own thing? Do you, uh, how you pass the food around? Some people will pass the food around in a circle. It goes one person at a time. Some people are just like open buffet style. You know what I mean? Right. Some, some people, their parents will make the dish for you. You know what I mean? So many different ways of things being done. So I think I just learned that with every household we went to, we learned to observe and we learn to adjust to the environment to respect the environment. 
it's crazy how how food you know not is is this this conduit for uh, culture and, and you know not only is it the the different food that you learn from but the different practices of eating and, and like you're saying the, even the different ways that that people serve and, and you know that that or, or the people that that pray you know before they eat and and how they pray and mm -hmm. it, it's it, food is interesting food food is you know I, I never really thought of it that way the importance of food and culture you know that that that's and being Hawaiian, you have so many different cultures that that come your way and create right. your own Hawaiian culture. You know that food-wise, you know that like you were talking about. Um, you know that that that's really cool. Yeah, I think that's one cool thing. I think I like being being Hawaiian. Um, <clears throat> like for us, we've been exposed to so many cultures you know everybody comes to hawaii everybody moves there everybody and their mom wants to come to hawaii you know and we, we had such a diversity i mean back in the days when my dad then were growing up it was kind of just the local hawaiians you know kind of stuff maybe we had some military that were there and stuff like that but the the level of exposure we have when i was growing up in hawaii in the 90s and stuff like that was, was way different and uh, it's just we all learned from each other you know and just how to adjust that but then hawaii has also been i think out of all the cultures that I've seen in this nation and a lot of them around the world, there is nobody who has had to adjust or adapt other cultures more than the Hawaiians. The Hawaiians have learned, yeah, we got our parts of Hawaii, but 90% of what we consider as Hawaiian culture today is not our culture. It is an adaptation of other cultures that we've just brought into our lives because we think, oh, we like this from this culture. We like this from this culture. We like this from this culture. And it is adapted to what, what we call the Hawaiian culture today. And you could say native Hawaiian where the Hawaiians, what we call Kanaka Maoli. And there's a lot of people who are activists trying to bring back that and they just want to isolate that one culture. Mm -hmm. But who who we are today, as a as a Hawaiian kid today, I can say I am a blend of a million cultures in everything we do. And a lot of them, we don't even know where they come from. But we know that we have Filipino, the, the, we got the, the, the Japanese, the Puerto Ricans. We got so right. many different cultures that have adapted, that we've adapted to. It's it. And like you were saying about the food, you know, like I was telling a friend just the other day when I was tattooing, I said, you know, there are three things that are in every culture in the world. It doesn't matter what culture you, you, you're you from, what country you're from. There's three things that every culture shares, and that's food, dance, and music. And the, the, the dance and the music, they sing and tell the stories of the history of whatever culture that is. And it is the food that gathers us together. So the food is the gathering. It is the purpose to gather then from there we share our stories and our stories will come out in dance and in music and so if you want to learn any culture in the world anything about any culture in the world sit down eat their food break bread with them sit down understand their practices and eating their food this is david from the much love family i just wanted to give you a heads up that we were having some technical issues during this session i hope you can understand much love so we definitely want to apologize. We experienced a little technical difficulties. We're, we're yeah. learning how to do this process. So again, you know, we, we love the family and much love to everyone. So here we're going to go. We're going to take it from the three things that mean the most 
uh, to all cultures. So, Kiyoki, take it from here. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I said, I was telling a friend the other day as I was tattooing him that uh, the three most important things, the three things that every culture has, it doesn't matter where you're from, uh, uh, what country or anything, every every culture has three things. There's food, dance, and music. And it's the 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 dance and the music that tell the stories of our history. And then it's the food that actually brings us together. The food is the purpose for gathering. It is the thing that draws everybody together is the food. So that, that also shares uh, parts of our culture and everything. So if you want to learn anything about a culture, the first thing you do is you start off by gathering with them, eating their food, breaking bread with them. And then from there, listening to their songs and then watching their dances. And you learn everything that's important to them uh, through their dance and their music. It's, it's, it's the one thing that's been passed down for thousands of years through cultures. And it's just really the coolest thing ever, brother. Have you, in your travels and people that you've met, cultures that you've been a part of, where you've kind of immersed yourself in a, in a new culture and, and learned like a, you know, a, a valuable life lesson? Say again? No. So have you kind of immersed yourself in, in a new culture and learned a valuable life lesson from them? Oh yeah, no tons. Um, uh, especially since I got into, I, I got into my uh, uh, tattooing. Tattooing, I, I dug deeper, way deeper into cultures. The uh, especially a lot of the Polynesian-based cultures. Um, I mean, growing up, you see aspects of cultures. You know, you just uh, being in the military. Once again, we never dove enough to really get into. I guess to be a part of their cultures, we were just kind of present in their culture you know what i mean kind of thing yeah. when we visit their houses and stuff like that you get to see slight differences um uh with the the families and stuff but um when i started to dive into culture and, and the the actual uh polynesian stuff with my tattooing that's where it started to you started to understand more of the morals and the values and and understanding why people did certain things and and their purpose behind things their whys right you know that i think that's the most important thing in the world and and why you you it's it's great to be exposed to different cultures because they explain to you why they do something you know, it's not just that, oh, I cook rice this way. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, we cook rice this way. And it's right. not just like we cook this right, this rice this way because we just want to be different from you. No, it's like we do it because of this, the why. And then when you understand the why, then you can understand their their drive behind what they do. You know, and then you can understand that. And, and, and it just helps you to understand the foundation of things. And it's really built and restructured my foundation on the way that I think, the way that I understand my whys and, and how we do things in life. What was one that, that stuck with you that changed you and made you different? Uh, it's, uh, well, so the Maori people, the New Zealanders happen to be like just unbelievable. And it's crazy because back in high school, I, I was a part of a haka troupe and we danced haka, which oh, is very one of the, cool. Yeah, 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 one of the cultural dances of New Zealand. And um, I have a lot of cousins and, and uh, that are from New Zealand and stuff like that. And uh, I was always around it growing up. I just never dove into the culture until later. Um, but like a lot of their tattoos and, and their means, I mean, they were some of the the strongest spiritual wise of the Polynesians, their their intelligence, their mind, the way that they thought were a lot. I wouldn't say as 
less savage as other Phil- uh, as other Polynesians. You know, we all had our, our culture, but their sense of philosophy, their sense of ideology, um, the way that they were the first of the Polynesians to incorporate meditation. Um, they were uh, their designs alone uh, show you once again. It's our our food, our dance, music, and everything. Like that. And art can be a part of that too. But how they drew their pictures were very, very, very important. And so the Maoris have the uh, what we call the korus or the negative space. They're kind of like little swirls or little curls. People look at those. They they incorporate that in a lot of designs. But um, the uh, white space. The f- yeah, the white space, the negative space, the space that's not tattooed. So the physical ink that is tattooed into the skin represents the physical life that you live. Everybody sees this life. Everybody can see you. So they see that design. Well, the negative space represents your spiritual journey. So that's why it is a design within a design because life is meant for balance. It's the balance of your physical as well as your spiritual, your your emotional, your psychological, everything is the metaphysical. You know, it's like you can only do anything physically first once it becomes a thought in your head, right? Like everything in this world, whatever you do starts as a thought in your head. It's all based off of your mind. And if you can change your mindset, you can change your actions. So mm-hmm. to understand that, like what, why did I do this particular action? To understand the purpose, your why's behind something and why it happened. And to, you know, look at that whole cause and effect kind of thing like that. But they definitely take it deeper into the psychological and into the spiritual, which is your, your, you know, the body, mind, spirit, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's all the, the three things that are very, 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 very important important your body your mind spirit and in the end i think it starts with spirit then mind then body because your body can't do anything until your spirit and mind become one you know and so it's really that so that's why they got some monks that you know that they can block out pain and do certain things you can control your body in so many different ways physically if you can get your psychological and spiritual in, in link it's super cool yeah, I mean, so mine probably isn't as deep, but for some reason in college and then in, when I was in Europe, I, I was drawn to the Latin culture. Uh, I'm not mm. not really sure why, but I- exactly what you're talking about, the three things that every culture has, the food, the dance, the music. So the food, you know, I, I – it, it was a lot of rice and beans, but that was that was different for me. And the way they cook their rice, just like you were saying, right. everyone cooks their rice differently, and that reflects kind of the the culture. So that, and then you know, I I, I went to Latin dance nights. So you know, I'm not a dancer, but I, I had to pick it up because that was that was a part of it. And yeah. the music, you know that that was that was the key for the dance and the music was played during, you know, while we were eating. So the importance of, of each of those is, is, is something that I didn't have before I, I got immersed in their culture. I, I, you know, we, we had a strong family culture, you know, being close with family in, you know, the, the aunts, uncles, cousins that I had, but we, we didn't have this, this cultural food dance music. We, we mm. were American in, in the sense of just being fairly generic. You know, the, the music mm. that was passed down to me was rock and roll. It wasn't, it wasn't anything. I mean, I guess that there is cultural significance in that, but it, it wasn't the, the same. And right. we didn't, we didn't dance, you know, that, that wasn't a thing, you know, we're, we're, 
we're, we're just not a dancing family. And the food, the food was, you know, we ate out a lot. So it was just where, where we ate. And mm. that was, that wasn't the same as being, uh, as somebody having a culture where the food, dance, and music represent them. You know, for me, they, they didn't represent us. They were just experiences. They, they were uh, exposure to different things, but none that, that were just ours. And I, and I, I guess right. that's what I mean. There was none that were, were ours. But for whatever reason, when I, I connected with the, these Latin groups, I, I saw that. And, and that was something that that changed me. You know, I, I, I mm. picked up on this this i don't want to say entertainment side but but this living life side you know the 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 importance of dance and music you know and the importance of the food i mean you're you hit it right in the head and i i think that that's that's really profound the the food dance and music is something that all cultures have and that that are reflective of them so i mean that that's that's something that, you know, I, I, I didn't think of it that way. So, I mean, I, I, I thank you for that. That that's really cool. Um, so I, I, I think, you know, we could also kind of talk about, uh, when we talk about travel. So there is the influence of us on travel, meaning, you know, with, with our traveling, we affect the old other cultures. So right. is there anything that you've imparted on others? Oh yeah. A, a big time. I tell people that, um, all I can be is me, right? I can be like people say, Oh, well you're Hawaiian. Say, ah, well, Depends, you know what I mean? Because although <laughs> I am, I am, uh, you know, my heritage is Hawaiian. It's like what people would consider Hawaiian and all that kind of stuff. All I can be is me, and and so the culture and and the life that I was raised uh, with uh, is just who I am. So I'll never lose who I am. But to go out and be me to other people, you know, like people who uh, influence the way, like, uh, like, like, say, the Japanese to Hawaii, how to take your shoes off, what do you do when you go in a house, you know, certain things mm -hmm. that I, I also leave on my friends. You know, a lot of my friends are like, you know, um, I think uh, I went to a uh, tattoo conference called the uh, Explore Tattoo Conference and I spoke to them. And, and I was telling the, these kids that uh, um, it was like 250 tattoo artists that we were speaking to. And I, I was telling them that, you know, well, for my customers, you know, I, I, they become family to me, you know, they, like, just like me and you, man, just, they become family to me. It's just, it's just one of those things. And I, I, I treat them as such and this and this and this. And, and because that's just, me who i am culturally and how i i want to be as a person and i have instilled that there's a lot of kids that came up to me after and they're like i'm gonna do that like this is this is it this one i mean i didn't try to change them i just tried i just told them about who i was and if people right. like it they'll go and, and like you were saying about the latin music it's like it starts with that that energy the spirit right that, that, that's energy just, that's yes. exactly it that's yeah. the right word that's mm -hmm. it it was your energy that your 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 frequency of your body met their frequency, you know, and that's where the music. Once again, music is the gathering, right? Music gathers people, so you link to that. It, it just brings people together, right? Because people like the music; they all get together and stuff like mm -hmm. that. We share the food, and then and then the, the food also allows us to sit down. And I think one of the most important things about food sometimes is food 
helps us to do a very important thing that a lot of people don't do, and that's keep our mouth shut. So, you know, they say in, 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 in out in Polynesia, they say uh, when the Samoans, when they drink their kava, once again, like we spoke before, their, uh, their drink, it's like a, a numbing root. It kind of helps to, uh, like an anesthetic. And uh, they'll drink this drink before any of their ceremonies or whether before they do tattooing or anything like that. And the first thing it does is it numbs your tongue. So your tongue goes completely numb. It's just okay. like, it takes like dirt and water, but your tongue goes numb. <laughs> so, but it symbolizes the most important thing in the world. They say, God gave us two ears and one mouth to use it accordingly. We should listen twice as much as we talk because through listening, we learn. And so when you're eating and you're, you're sitting there sharing stories while someone is telling their story, other people are eating. So your mouth is busy doing something other than interrupting the conversation. You mean your ears are taking in more than your mouth is giving out. So that's a very important thing about learning and culture and anything, you know, to learn things is like, you know, you get the vibe, the energy, you get into it, which gives you the interest into it. Then you get driving and you sit down and you break bread together and you share. And then from there you hear the stories, but as you're eating, your mouth is shut. So it's pretty interesting stuff if you really think about it. So I, I think we, we covered a lot of topics and we, we kind of went over the, the profound impact of travel on, on expanding our horizons and building connections and, and even fostering empathy. So you, you feel for people in, in an important way. And mm -hmm. I, I think I, I really enjoy our conversations and I hope others do. And you know what, this is, this is what much love is about. It, yes. It's seeing others, it's bringing others together, it's sharing, it's learning, and all done with with a hug. You know, that that's the way I picture it. And, you know, when you see someone, you embrace them. And when you talk to them, you listen to them. And when you're with them, you you were actually with them. You're present. And you know what? I, I, I really appreciate everything, Kiyoki. And, and you know, as I, I, I say before, and I, we, we say it multiple times, but it's important. So much love, Kiyoki. You know, much love. Oh, brother, as, as always, man, I appreciate it. I love it. Sharing the, the positive energy, the vibes and everything. I, it just just broadening our perspectives, even talking to each other, like still just learning a lot about even each other as, as, as me and you as friends and everything. And just these, with all these talks, like, yeah, I, I nothing else to say, but much love, brother. It's, I, 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 I love every second of it. Much love. All right. We look forward to, to continuing these conversations and we'll see you guys soon. Much love. Much love. 